All right, guys, real talk. Sometimes you want to plant a tree, right? And you're going to dig a hole. And you dig, and you're going to dig, and you're digging. You might hit a rock. And then you got a couple options. You can keep on digging, or you can put the shovel down, and you can go do something else and come back. And you're going to figure another way to get around that rock. Now, this is going to make a lot more sense once you hear the conversation I had with our guest here today. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this one. This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. Yo, guys. Welcome back. Happy Monday to you. Hope you are having a fantastic one this week so far. It's coming out a little bit later, you know. This weekend was Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I know a lot of you. I saw a lot of social posts up there where you're celebrating your time together with your partner or with your loved ones, and that's fantastic. It also brings up some other, you know, could be a trigger point for a lot of us. And uh, I found myself in uh, in a little bit of uh, that kind of water. Um, and uh, and as a result, this podcast is getting out a little bit later. Um, talking about productivity, and before we get to our, our guest here today, it's very well well suited for the stuff that we discuss later on. We got Z Trip on the show today, and we go real esoteric in some areas, and uh, how to how to battle that creative productivity and that feeling, that need of always doing. And I found myself, ironically enough, as I was editing uh, parts of this podcast yesterday and over the weekend, doing that same damn thing. And uh, sometimes you just got to realize, you know, you, you got to recover. You got to let your body, it's not up to peak performance, both mentally or physically. So yesterday was just a chill day. I was banging my head against the wall and, uh, and just took it off. Just shut down, close the book, come back to it when you've got a better mindset, right? And uh, we're going to talk a lot about that here today with our guest, DJ Z Trip. So without further ado, I want to get right into that, guys, and uh, feel free. Like this is a this is a good one. Please do feel free to share this one out. Um, we got some real, real solid wisdom of the past 30 years in the music industry here from DJ Z Trip. So, hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. Messages will be You know, I produce, I DJ, I um, it's kind of tough because I wear a lot of hats. You know, know. I've done video game stuff. I've done soundtrack stuff, um, music supervision. Yeah. Uh, you know, work on radio as well. I do stuff with LL for Rock the Bells Radio. Um, you know, doing imaging and doing sort of programming, you know, doing a lot of that. So it's, it's yeah. a, lot, a lot of different yeah. hats. And, you know, um, but also, you know, speaking, I do speaking engagements as well, where, you know, I talk to people about sort of mental health. And, and it's funny because you, this really sort of lends itself to stuff I've been talking about. And, and in 30 years of, of being on the road, understanding uh, the pitfalls and the benefits and sort of the balance and understanding sort of how to, how to navigate through all that. So I do, um, I do little seminars and things on that as well. So it's like, oh, it's killer. I had no idea, man. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first off, I, just on a scale of one to 10, where do you think that you're at with like an overall health, like 10 being best health of your life, nine one ones on speed dial at one. Yeah. I, uh, I say I sort of live in about a seven, you know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, if I'm really on my, my, my regiment, I'm at eight, nine, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'll slip and, 
I'm down, you know, six, five. If I'm hitting fives, I'm I, like, I don't really go beneath that. Awesome. Uh, but I, I kind of know the elasticity of my, of, of, of me and, and, you know, when things are real dire and when things are in, in great shape. And it's, you know, a lot of it depends on, um, on the projects I'm on, the deadlines I'm on. Yep. You know, back uh, when, you know, there was a lot of travel, travel would play into it. But, you know, I, I think I also, I found the ways to make it work for me. So it's, I'm able to, um, you know, if I'm really going hard, I know how to also really decompress. And so mm-hmm. instead of like hot, cold, hot, cold, it's like hot moment, yeah. chill moment. A little yeah. more wave than, than sporadic. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just making it just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knowing, knowing how to sort of ebb and yeah. flow with, with it being, you know, it, it's a little inconsistent, but knowing how to sort of, if I go real hard, I also pull back, you know, the, the, the balance is right. Wait, you know? cool. What would you say is your biggest frustration about your own health and well-being then? right now like diet low energy exercise Um, time management yeah it's probably a combo of all those things i I don't really i couldn't really pinpoint it to be like one you know it's it it fluctuates um depending upon the i I wish i could be a little like i wish i could be like yo it's time management and be like check move on but it's really it's a combo of it's a it's a, a cocktail of all those things. I mean, depending on the project I'm on or the or the the mood of that project, um, you know, and if it requires a lot of of, uh, of time um, for me to do stuff, and so therefore I'm not getting enough sleep, then 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 it's sleep sleep I'm, I'm sleep deprived or yeah. or uh, if I'm you know traveling and well sleep isn't an issue but. Uh, maybe diet is because I can't really get good organic foods anywhere. So I'm stuck eating like, you know, shitty airport food or, you know, yeah. chilies or whatever the hell. So yeah, it yeah. really, it depends. It's not like one thing. I can't attribute yeah. it to one thing. It's sort of a combo and it's very dependent upon the circumstances and the environment. Is there like one thing that you'd like to change about your current lifestyle? Um, I think... It's something that I've been doing. I think with the with the whole uh, quarantine and, and downtime, it's a little bit more about taking time for myself and and having those moments to to uh, just you know. Some people would call it meditation. Some people would call it reflecting. Some people call it whatever. But like that moment where it's the phone's off, I'm just in my thoughts, or I'm journaling. Um, doing that on a little bit more of a regular basis, um, you know, not necessarily like it's 8am, I got to do it now, but more like when the time, like carving out a little bit of the time in the day to just be like, you know what, I'm going to unplug from everybody and just focus on me. I'm doing that more now, but I'm realizing that I used to do it and thought that I was doing it enough. And I did, and I'm realizing now that I wasn't. Okay. So, That's you know. interesting. You know, there's certain people that I follow and certain people who have mentored me in certain areas um, outside of music. But, you know, as far as my, uh, you know, how I how I operate, yeah, um, yeah. you know, in, in in that regard that have given me certain tools or certain um, pointing me in the right direction on certain things. But like I'm very I guess like, I could say I'm like my third eye is always open for that stuff. Love that. But I, I'm not necessarily actively searching for it. Like I need to know how to time management. Uh, it's like, <laughs> but I can see how people are like, that's, they, they yeah. figured out like that's their weakest link and they need to like, now it becomes the, how do I, how do I deal yeah. with it? 
because to me, I mean, especially with music in particular, you know, and I can't, I can't overstate this enough. There's, if you're really paying attention to, you know, like where inspiration comes from or where like the lightning bolt of like, ah, you know, the powers that flow through you. Like if you're open to that and you receive that, you start to see things differently than, you know, trying to like bang out your work and, and, and not, you know, not just be in your, in your, you know, in your cubicle, if you will, as opposed to opening and taking the blinders off and being open to, you know, uh, certain things. And, um, there's actually, there's one person who I, you know, I, I would be, uh, it would be hard for me to, to, to not mention this person, but, um, this guy, Todd Henry, it was a big pivotal person in my, um, in my, in my progression, he had a, a book, his first book he did called Accidental Creative. And it's this book where um, he made it for people who are creatives who need to make, you know, the tagline is make your, give your best work at a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I kind of feel like that's me all the time. If somebody wants a remix or something, hey, we need it in two days. And like, I got to automatically turn on my, my, um, you know, open up the beacon and like yeah. inspiration. Like yeah. he gave me in that book, there's certain tools on how to cultivate and, um, and exercise your creative in a way that doesn't exhaust you and gives your best work. Um, and so in that process, uh, he and I just ended up having a dialogue. I, I, I met him and we ended up speaking and we became good friends. And, um, he actually asked me a couple of questions, put me in one of his, like his third book, like oddly enough. And we just, but you know, have moved on um, hmm. as far as friends in that regard, but, but his, his, his approach made me rethink my, how I was doing things. And that was a big catalyst for change and, and a very pivotal moment. And again, it was something where I was kind of looking for it, but I also wasn't like searching one day. I just was walking through like a Barnes and Noble, saw this book and was like, Oh, accidental creative for people who are creatives who need to do something at a moment's notice. I'm like, that's me all the time. I'm yeah. constantly trying to give my best work. And so a caveat to that one example is um, this moment of having uh, a thing he calls unnecessary creating. I'll, and there's a many of them, but I'll just use this to illustrate the picture and we can move on. But uh, he, ha he, he makes it a point to like, take some time, even if you're under deadline, take some time, take a day, and don't do anything that you're supposed to do, but go into your creative space and just create like you were prior to you having all these, you know, this fame or this or this job. And when you just would go in and go, oh, I'm gonna turn on the music and whatever comes up comes out. And you start to just unnecessarily create and get some cool things off your chest. And you'll find that in that process, new ideas will form. And then you can take those and block them off and go like, I'm going to revisit that at another time. So when it's time for you to be like, Oh, I need an idea. You can go into your bag and be like, Oh, this is something, you know? So those kinds of little things. Like, that is such an know. act, dude. Holy yeah. Yeah. And there's a million, there's a million of them, but like the book and, and you know, he made it, I think for musicians, for artists, for anybody who is, you know, a creative person, but like there's many things that tools that I was like, Oh wow. I kind of was doing these things where I would get frustrated because I was like, I, I'm losing my mind. I don't, I have no ideas and the, and the deadline's just looming. And then I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just, I know I've only got six hours to do this, but I'm going to go watch a movie for two hours. Like yeah. completely like what? Yeah. Just to get like, so when I come back, I'm fresh and like I'll oh, go man. for a walk or whatever. And so these, these things that I felt like I was doing that were like, 
not really the best way to do it. I realized there was a little validation in, in the process and realized, okay, you know what? These are things to trigger other things because there's nothing worse than looking at the problem and just looking at it and like wheel spinning. Cause all you're doing is just letting time drain and nothing new. So, you know, getting a new environment, new things like those, those things to me, um, it's why I've, I've allowed for the third eye to open a little bit because I got a little more keen to the energy that and, and the flow that happens within the creative process. And that was, um, so again, sort of long answer. No, to, that's, to, that's know. so bad. Uh, that, that, that's huge help there too, because like I see the same thing. And one, two of my most recommended books, like anytime somebody's asking me, what do you, what, what's the book that you give to people? Uh, the War of Art which is okay. amazing. If you haven't, if you haven't read that, it's amazing. Write this down right now. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Write that one down. That's, that is my favorite book. I wrote yours down here. I'm just, I'm just going to share. And then, uh, quest loves creative quest. He values the exact yeah. same thing. Uh, I didn't, like, I always, I had this fascination. He's always my favorite drummer. I was like something about this guy. Right. And then I got into his headspace and I was like, Oh, he's totally the guy. Cause I'd find myself up all night doing the same thing that you're talking about. I'm like, I've got all these ideas. They're sort of there, but they're not coming out. I'm going to go do something completely different. <laughs> and, then, yeah, yeah. and then I come back and you're fresh. And you're fresh yeah. and you, it's a new, new perspective. You know, like I think a lot of people, you know, the, the idea is to just keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. And I found that I've in more, t more cases than not, I found burnout at the end of the dig versus putting the shovel down, going and doing something completely different, coming back, picking the shovel back up and going, okay, where was I again? And then like, Oh, cool. You know what? Hey man, how about I try this? And the things that I just wouldn't have in that moment, I wouldn't have thought of. And so, you know, re reprogramming a little bit of how to sort of approach or attack, um, you know, issues. And also the sort of being like the divinity of, you know, how many times have I been on a, on a, a deadline and in the last minute it all comes together. Right. Like divine yeah. intervention, just being like here. And it's like the most genius work. And so, you know, you could attribute it to like, yeah, I do my work, best work under pressure, but you know, I think there's more to it than that. You know, it's not like, you know, when I'm sleep deprived and I'm, you know, haven't eaten and haven't slept and I'm just stressed that all of a sudden the, the idea comes. Well, I think no matter how you are, that idea is always kind of there. You have to figure out how to yeah. navigate towards it. So I love that. Yeah. Another one you'd really love then is uh, Dr. Larry Dossie, uh, One Mind. As a kid, I was, uh, I was always fascinated how flock of birds could fly in sync. Cause I'm like, what if one goes right and the other one's on the go left? They just, it's yeah. that, that whole big soup theory. I tried yeah. reading it like three years ago and I wasn't there. I just wasn't there. I got it, but I didn't really connect it. Yeah. And just recently last couple of months over quarantine picked it back up and just, Whoa, mind blown. So yeah, yeah that whole third eye and like the, the principle, one of the principles behind it and not sharing too much about it. I really think you should read it, but coincidences and how we always sum it up ah oh, coincidence or serendipity and oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 we, we just don't see all the levers and pulleys behind the scenes you know yeah so. no, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of 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 divinity and divine intervention and yeah. the universe providing and you know it's also when you're when you're you know it's like love right it's, it's always the thing like when you're looking for love you won't find it but the minute you're like ah, i'm done with it and like yeah. i'm gonna be over here doing my laundry like she walks in and you're like oh <laughs> it's that I wrote down accidental creative. Are there uh, another, uh, any other kind of books that really? Well, uh, you know, he, he's made a few. Um, there's another book, book. There's, there's, it's, there's sort of like the, the Star Wars trilogy yeah, for me, okay. of his books. And he's got like six or seven, but the first one was accidental creative. The second one was die empty. 
Um, and that's one that uh, he was writing when we, um, when we met, or no, he just finished writing. He was writing the third one when we met. But um, Die Empty is basically the idea of getting all your creative ideas off your chest before you die. So if you're on your deathbed and someone's like, you know, you know what, what, what did you feel that you didn't get a chance to do? It's like, did you get that idea that you were like, oh, I always had that idea in the back of my head I always wanted to do and I never got to it. Yeah. Like, did that, are you able to die with that out? So die, dying empty of your creative oh, wow. ideas, right? So Ooh. that's, a, that's a, a pretty interesting one. Um, and then the third book was um, uh, Louder Than Words. I, but that that's basically about how you find your inner voice um, to say what you want to say and like what goes into that. And I did a, um, we had a conversation about it and I'll keep this brief, but like there was a moment in that book where when we first met, he was like, so how did you find your voice? And I sort of told him my upbringing and everything, but it basically we'd gotten to the point where as I was starting to emerge in my field, there were other DJs and other producers who were a little bit ahead of me, but they were also sort of considered contemporaries. Maybe they had their a, a one or two records out that I didn't have out, but they were still in my age group and we sort of came up at the same time. And um, he was like, so how did you find your voice? I was like, well, ultimately, you know, we all started at like, consider it a tree. We all started at the bottom and we started going up and then we all would branch off and then one branch would go this way and we're all still going. And, you know, you're sort of looking at people as we're doing it. And then at some point you break off and then the people who you're following, you're not following anymore. And now you're on your own branch yeah. and that's your, you know, you've emulated sure. as much as you can, you followed, you whatever, but now you're in your own, you're stepping into snow for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, and that's sort of how my path went. And he's like, well, what happens when you get to the end of your, branch and I was like I sat and I thought about it I was like well that's kind of the genius part of it because if you do it right at the end of your branch you grow fruit and that falls to the ground and it starts a new tree for new people to it's and I was like there you go and, and it just sort of came to me at that moment and he's like can I use that for the book I was like yeah of course so it's kind of nice because I, I wasn't even really looking to you know but here's this guy who I just stumbled on we became friends and here's you know just organically me telling him the story he's like can I use that? And it's like, so, um, yeah. and then he has another book called Herding Tigers, which is about people who are in control of big corporations of creative people, like studios, people who do like, you know, uh, Marvel studios or whoever, where it's like, you're in charge of all these creative people. How do you herd the tigers together? To okay. do it? So, and, and he's got another one he just did, but, but, but the, those three, I think, um, accidental creative is a must. Die empty is if you want to, you know, go a little bit further and then, finding your voice if there's any sort of people out there who are, are you know still trying to figure out how to either raise their voice or like they found it but they want to you know uh, uh amplify it i think that's a good one yeah. so you believe you are you're never going to be that next level right so right i've seen a lot I mean, of that it's interesting stuff. i also i also I, I found a way to make that be a good motivator but not a deterrent because there's a level of like you know i find that any works that I make, I'll make my stuff and I sort of set it aside and keep going. And I found that if I just make it about my next piece and always creating, always be creating, yeah. then I don't worry about comparing my last work to this or to that. So the comparison isn't there, but like the motivation to be like, well, my next project is going to be the best one ever. Yeah. And my yeah. that, that mentality is sort of like, it quells out a little bit. So I'm only in really in competition with me and my next project. Yeah. So it's 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 a uh, it's a way I found to sort of mitigate that. Yeah, I love that. Now you mentioned Todd Henry. Is there any other leaders in the health space? Yeah, um, you know, as far as 
it's I it's a soup of people, you know, and I can't say that one, you know, there's certain people that I follow that, you know, will will say one thing and I'll look at that and be like, okay, I understand your perspective on that. And I take bits and pieces from it. Then there's another nutritionist who may say something else. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I'm a firm believer in doing cleanses. I've been doing juice cleanses for probably eight, nine years now. Um, it's not longer. Uh, but I do, I would do the master cleanse. So the, the lemon, uh, cayenne, that, that, thing and I'll do that for you know the 10 days and with the two days of sort of easing in and easing out yeah. um, and I found benefits from that for me um, but I also you know I'll go through different stages of like okay I'll you know if I'm eating too heavy of a certain thing I might ease back but again the biggest thing the biggest takeaway not from one particular person or one particular author is I found that in processing all the information that I'm receiving, whether it's me watching, um, you know, any show or reading, you know, the omnivores dilemma or the, you know, how to eat, right. Any, 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 anybody who's, who's written books on ways to eat and, or the way food, you know, how food is prepared and organic versus um, GMO. And like, just understanding that, you know, the pitfalls of the environment we're in. Yeah there's a lot of research that I had to go into to, to understand all the players involved. Um, and then once I did that, then I kind of stepped back and said, okay, it's really about moderation. It's like, okay, if I'm going to eat a meat thing, I need to eat some, some leafy green things. And I got the ratio has got to be this, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, am I doing um, intermittent fasting? Well, maybe I am if I'm, you know, if I'm needing to sort of do something this way, it's like, or am I like, am I going off? Am I going crazy? Am I pounding burgers at three in the morning after a gig? <laughs> well, know that there's going to be consequences for that. <laughs> yeah, no like, okay, if you're, if you, if you're aware of that and you're just not doing like that, repeating yourself of like, okay, I, I'm on the road and I got to eat this fast food shit. Well, that's, it's the only hot food that I can have and whatever. Okay, well, understand that I got to be heavy salads when I get back home or whatever the balance yeah, yeah. is. Understand moderation. And that goes for drugs, alcohol, um, anything. Like, you know, I, you know I, I'm not a person where it's like, oh, alcohol is bad. Drugs are bad. It's like anything can be bad. Anything can be good. If you're, if you, you know, having the right amount of any of that stuff, it took me years to figure out how to do that and also to pay attention to the signs and the, and the, my body. So, that's, I think at the end of the day, the, you know, the biggest author I trust and, and whatever is me, but it's after I took all this information yeah. and processed it because yeah, you're, that, you're the master DJ, man, you're a curator. You're just right, yeah, you know yeah, that, knowing, yeah. knowing the balance. It's the same thing. Knowing too much drums, not enough vocals, you know, it's the same oh. kind of feel. Once you sort of understand the balance and how to ride it correctly. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I do feel like it took me years. You know, I, there was a, a moment where I was really heavy alcohol, like on the road, um, you know, there's issues where, you know, I always say this in some of my talks where like nobody ever gave me a handbook of like, oh, you've made it. Here's your here's your rule book and your handbook of like how to deal with, for instance, like chapter one, you know, hospitality writers. Oh, cool. It's like, OK, well, I didn't know, you know, my first my first dealings with that was kind of in a, in a weird way where I went from doing bars and things. It's like, oh, yeah, you, know, you got a bar tab. Cool. Great. Or you're like, whatever. Here we got you a bottle of this, whatever. I, the first time I went on tour, 
uh, well, not the first time, but like after I'd been on tour with Linkin Park for, I don't know, maybe three, six months um, and their record broke, we went from doing, you know, thousand person venues to stadiums and, yeah. and arenas. And all of a sudden my, my rider just, I had my own room in a stadium with my rider completely fulfilled. And I remember, uh, you know, walking into that environment and being like, oh, there's a bottle of rum, there's a bottle of vodka, there's, you know, 12 pack of beer, there's all the food I want. And I'd be like, yo, man, I'm, I'm going to take this bottle of rum, man. Like, this is, I have a full bottle of rum. This is my rum. And I took it and I hit it on the tour bus. And like, it was like, yo, I got a bottle of rum for later, you know, and like, you drank whatever party the next day rolled into a new venue and there's a new bottle of rum. I'm like, I got another, I had two bottles of rum. This is shit. Like I put it back on the bus. And I was like, and it was just the mentality of not realizing like, this is always there and whatever you kind of want to be there will be there. And then I started to realize like, again, many years later, you know, after the second or third thing, I was like, Oh, I don't need to be hoarding bottles, but it was always there. I'd open the door and it would greet me. And like, what's better to kill time or anxiety at the time than that stuff. And I found that, you know, it was, it, it took me under a little bit until I got ahead of it. And then I realized the oh, way second, I can do this in moderation and I can do it in a way where I don't necessarily need it and, um, and how to sort of dial it back. So for me, moderation and balance is the biggest thing in all of this. And then, until you understand the mastery of that, can you really understand how to eat right, sleep right, go hard, relax, drink, don't drink, abstain, indulge, the whole sort of thing. And that it applies to everything um, in, in my life, whether it you know, applies to sex life, whether it applies to health, whether it applies to um, uh, interacting, social media, the whole sort of thing. There's so many levels of it, but that, that, that to me was, you know, understanding the, um, the environment that we are thrown into, you know, hey, you want some cocaine? Hey, you want some drugs? Like whatever you want, it's it's technically there backstage. Yeah. And um, if you understand how to sort of navigate around that, like then you can sort of pull back and go, okay, this is I will I will pick and choose, and but I I, I have to be the tip of the spear in the pyramid. And if you are weak in having something, you know, overindulging because you never had it as, in your life before this that you know it takes it'll take you under and i've you know i've had some near near uh you know near, i don't want to say near death but like I've, I've had some you know some some really heavy moments where it's like I, I was able to get out of that environment um intact and you know th those brushes with death if you will allowed me to to have perspective and so i think you know passing on any knowledge i can give to anybody is if you can avoid having to, to do the near death experience and just take the wisdom <laughs> that I've got, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble and stress. Um, but understand like that's, you really have to be your own policeman, if you will. And like, you know, you have to, you have to monitor your, 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 um, your intake and your output in regard to everything and balance is key. And like knowing that really paying attention to that is crucial. So-and-so is doing this. You should do it like this because it's working for them. Right. And I found that like in the industry, a lot of people were just sort of paying attention to whoever was on top and trying to emulate yeah. their, yeah, their, totally. their totally. progression totally. And, and their, their, you know, oh, they, 
they took out an ad over here or they did this with their followers here or they did this and it worked for them. We need to do that. And I am the opposite. I, I see that, you know, while these people, while the, while my whole bubble was working, yeah, it wasn't working and as efficient as I wanted it to. And it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. Mm. Not to say that what it was doing was bad. It just wasn't where my vision was. So I ended up cutting out a lot of that and hitting reset and restarting and taking a lot of the power back. And that brought in a lot of stress because I all of a sudden was doing all the, the jobs, my little team of people. Yeah. Um, but after I did shoot through some of that, that heavy work and ended up sort of landing on my feet, it took me about a year or two to really sort of re, you know, re uh, calibrate. And now I'm in a position where I feel confident about everything and moving forward, I'm, I'm where I feel like I'm a little more aligned. So the ultimate, like, I mean, to boil that down is like, I got rid of, and again, not negative. Cause I, it's, it's hard to say, you know, these weren't negative people. They just weren't um, here. There's a thing in one of Todd Henry's books um, called adaptive rhythms. And it's something that you might dig this because you're, you you train and, and it's, and it lends itself. So I, my thing is running. I love running. Right. Um, and I found that, um, in my process of running, I would, uh, like if I'm in a hotel or at home, I would run on a treadmill, um, because I was like the best I could do. And so I always would throw up a, a TV so I could see whatever news, current events so I could sort of get tapped in, but I would run to music. And so I'd try and do these things where I'd run and lock into a tempo that I, that was my rhythm and my cadence of steps and everything. So I found like the right beats per minute that I'd run to. Um, but then I also found that uh, if something popped on the TV that I wanted to hear, I would figure out how could, how's there a way that I could actually hear that audio in conjunction with the audio that I was running to. Wow. And so I found a way to sort of, you know, a, a couple apps and things where I could actually mix the music. And so I ended up starting to run to instrumentals. Yeah. So they were wide open music and all the audio that I was pulling from either the TV or podcast I could listen to. And so I could like stimulate my physical and my mental at the same time. And in doing that, um, Todd Henry had these podcasts and one of the podcasts was this podcast about adaptive rhythms. And so the concept behind adaptive rhythms is you have this rhythm that you're doing and it works for you and everything is great. Kind of like me with my, my, my environment that I had of, of people that were working for me and with me. And, um, all of a sudden things change and instead of developing new rhythms to these new problems out of habit, you wake up, you do your rhythms the same way they've been doing because you're programmed to be like, well, this is what we're doing. And you don't adapt to the new rhythms that you need to figure out in order to conquer these problems. So the whole podcast was based around that. So I ended up taking his podcast and I ended up remixing it and throwing it over a beat so I could listen to it. Because there are <laughs> times where you know you'll hear a podcast and he'll say something profound and you'll have to rewind it because you're like, wait, I need to, I need to, I need to marinate on that thought for just a little. I need, to, I need to process it before I can get to the next hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you go to my SoundCloud, there's the adaptive rhythms. I gotta hear this. That I did that I would run to. So it was in the cadence of me running. It yeah. was Todd Henry and it was me taking what he said and chopping it up on beat to where it was sort of that motivational bit. And so that's something that like um, in the process of doing all these things, like changing, knowing how to cut out the negative and knowing how to focus and recalibrate 
to new systems was something that I did in practice. And um, you can hear it. It's really kind of a cool thing. But like that's, you know, when you're talking about, you know, things that I'd changed or things I'd noticed, cutting out the, the things, the, 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 the programs and the systems that weren't working for me or that needed to be refined and hitting reset and understanding how to adapt to that and develop new practices is something that I think a lot of people don't do. And that for me was one of the big things because that was all happening simultaneously with cleansing and the counseling and the reading and the, and the, and the training and everything was like, it came in, man. big shift. It was like, Oh yeah. Wow. What I'm doing is I'm adapting to a new system. How much would you say uh, that you've totally like to, can you ballpark a number on that? Well, as far as like years or 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 how would yeah you like total money money invested into money into invested money. oh I would probably say I would I would say at least half if not um, a little over a quarter of my um, finances go towards. Um, towards that in one shape or another. And, you know, it's not like I'm like that money goes towards like, Oh, this is my, my juice cleanse budget. Um, yeah, but it's more like, uh, things that help me to help myself, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's very much about even down to like, Oh, you know what, my, my work, I need a new laptop for my work because that generates the money. And, in order to not stress about the the that I know it's a big chunk and I know that it's going to carve into whatever but like ultimately if I invest that money I can sleep better knowing that that shit I don't have to worry about something yeah. breaking in the middle of or whatever yeah. so yeah you know um I think it's, it's about sort of prioritizing all the things that allow me to sleep better and and eat better and um be less stressed so that also required me um one of the, for instance, I'll give you an example. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I think most people think right out of the gate, physical, mental. Um, so investing in, you know, reading and oh, training or any of the, the, the obvious things that people would do. Um, one of them for me was investing money into, um, I never really had, you know, I, I never really had a good tax game you know what I mean? My taxes and my, my financials, um, while I kept everything, I didn't have a good system. So I was the guy who like, you know, because I was running so heavy and so fast. And so all the time, um, I was a little stressed on a lot of different things, but like, I never took the time to set up an infrastructure in my own business to go, let me be ahead of the curve with, with my financials. So if something comes in, it's logged correctly, it's yeah. it's accounted for correctly, um, it's with the right team of people. I was always sort of like, oh shit, it's taxes. Oh, I gotta go open up this <laughs> It's like, surprise. Like, now I'm, I'm the guy sprawling all my shit out on the floor for two weeks, like, you know, blocking out. No, I can't do that, it's tax season, guys. I can't, uh, like. <laughs> Block it off. Right? Yeah, so, I, so I, what I was inevitably doing was like, just, you know, putting a bandaid on a situation and while it worked, it wasn't peace of mind. So yeah. the peace of mind of knowing, okay, let me take this time out, even though it's a pain in the ass, I don't want to do it somewhere in the middle of, of just your every day, 
slowly chipping away at this. So when tax season came around, my infrastructure was set up. <clears throat> and, you know, for for two or three years in a row, I would have to file an extension just because I would run out of time. And, you know, I think over the last four years, I finally got ahead of it to the point where I haven't had to file an, a, an extension. I'm fully aware of what's going on. And at any minute, I can look at my finances and go, cool, I'm good. And so the peace of mind of knowing, oh, I've got that thing coming up that is a heavy price tag or the, the home improvement thing that's going to be 10 grand, 20 grand or whatever the hell that big, you know, thing is that you're always hit with some sort of like, oh, I need a new roof all of a sudden. Ah, oh, shit, yeah. it's unexpected, but like whatever. I can look at that and in an instant have peace of mind, which brings my stress level way down as opposed to yeah. carrying that around for weeks, months at a time going, yeah. oh, my, my taxes. Oh, I got the roof and the, I don't know if I can afford it. Huh, huh, yeah, huh. It's yeah, like yeah. doing crunches of like uh, uh, stress where taking that environment out of my world and being like, ah, oh, cool, I'm good with that. My shoulders are dropped. I'm at peace with that. Added to the 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 mental, the less mental stress that I was carrying around or that bag of bricks that I was carrying around. It was like I was able to take them out and do that. So those kinds of things in conjunction with eating better, uh, you know, I think was was crucial. But I think that was a big, you know, a big thing of just understanding the environment I live in and the people that I was around and and, and having these certain people around and cutting out uh, a lot of the negative people or people that while they were helping me, like I had some people who were helping me with my taxes, but they weren't, they were just sort of like reacting. I would give them a thing. They'd help me react to the problem. I didn't have in that department, I didn't have the best uh, set of people um, until recently. And that required me letting go of certain people and getting a new team of people that felt and thought the way I did to get in lockstep so we were being progressive. So, I mean, ultimately I would say, if you really want to boil it down, it's about being proactive in certain areas as opposed to being reaction uh, reactive in certain areas. And in doing that, it allows me to be a little bit more calm and be able to walk through scenarios with less stress because I was, you know, I did the work beforehand. And nobody likes that, you know, doing that because it, it takes time, it takes resources, but the peace of mind that I get from um, from that was was incredible. Sorry to like to elaborate on these things, but it's sort of like that you almost There's, need to hear the context of it to understand that you know so much. Yeah, you know, balance. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't just. There's, there's more to it than that. It's nuanced. It's nuanced. So. I love it. I love it. Well, this is a big one then for you. I, I'm really interested to hear what you say on this because it's like everything everything in your mind, man, is just so crazy cool. Um, what does success mean to you then now? Longevity and, and freedom, I think, is what success, um, how I quantify success is, um, you know, also I think a lot of people back then on my team, success equated to followers, money, status. Um, while all those things are great, those, if you focus on those, I feel to me, that wasn't the right focus. Um, focusing on creating art that you, that you love, longevity, you know, and having um, a legacy and doing work that you, you firmly believe in and for a core of people who actually really appreciate it as opposed to trying to rope other people in or water it down to, to um, make it a little more palatable, palatable for other people. 
Um, I found that in the process of, of, of evolving that um, success to me is having the freedom to do really um, progressive work in my field um, and challenging myself, pushing my own boundaries um, is crucial. And, um, you know, measuring my success as I have a house, I have lights that I can turn on and off. I have um, music and relationships that I can, I can connect with. And I'm doing this and I've been doing it for 30 years. And, you know, I, I have a, a group of people who follow what I do and are interested in what I do. To me, that is more successful than having a number one hit song or um, the perception of, of um, making it and, and being comfortable with that, being, being um, content with that is something that I realized I was happy with that, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I realized like my team wasn't. And when I told them, Hey, like I'm cool, not doing that thing. And like, them not really understanding like why I would say no to that particular project when, you know, on paper it looks good. The bank account looks good. But for me, it was like, this doesn't speak to how I want to be remembered and, or how I want to broadcast what I'm about. So, you know, I look at people like, um, to me, De La Soul is, is, is success. They're a success story. They've been, together since they started, ups and downs, ins and outs. But, you know, anytime they put something out, I'm gonna listen. Whether I love it or hate it, I'm, I'm always gonna have an ear for them because they've laid the groundwork for me to be a fan for life. So being able to have that track record uh, in my field and, you know, have people understand and respect me for what it is that I do that I feel I contribute to the, to the ultimate, you know, pile of music is, is is success is being recognized for that and you know i call it modesty in a sense you know i if if i were if i if if my numbers stayed the same from here on out you good i'm good that's that's a win like i'm not bagging groceries for a living you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing what i love to do and i'm doing it with and for people that matter to me in my yeah. ecosystem so oh, dude that's, that's power. That's fire, man. That's, I love that. That's great. Um, yeah. You mentioned something that's very interesting too, how you, how you want to be remembered. Can I tap a little bit into that? Like if you were to sure. die tomorrow, what, sure. what would you like? What is your legacy? What, uh, how would you like your friends, family, loved ones to, to remember you? It's, that's interesting because, you know, it's so hard. I've always struggled with, you know, with the one line headline, you know, when somebody dies, who's, who's, a very diverse person mm -hmm. and they are recognized for their most familiar thing, not their body of work or the depth of who they were as a person. Yeah. I always feel like that's a disservice because, you know, people gravitate towards the, the, the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest uh, quantification of something. Yeah. So I've, I've had to ride around with, you know, the mashup thing being like the, the always attached to my name, because that's how a lot of people found out about me was through yeah. that moment in my life where I was pushing this sound to a lot of people that were unfamiliar to it. And that's how they, they recognize me. So for forever, I'm always going to be the mashup guy, but yeah. you know, I, I won't necessarily be the, um, 
the person who uh, you know tapped into the spiritual side or the um trying to diversify musical tastes or expand people's horizons or push boundaries um in certain fields uh you know maybe they will maybe they won't but i'd like to be remembered for the 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 depth of what i did as opposed to oh here's one spoke in the wheel you know because that's kind of how i feel like um you know a lot of people will will be you know remembered as that and it's like the time and energy so like more yeah there was well, there's a, and that's the thing that's the, the complexity to to even this conversation it's like i'm breaking down these moments in my life that had a lot of bits to them and the only way you can hear it is by hearing the full story or seeing the full movie if yeah. you're looking at it through the eyes of just the trailer while you might get an idea of it um if that's all you ever see then you'll only ever be like oh that one spoke that 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 person is remembered for that one spoke and i think people who know me and know you know how deep my you know my reach goes into the things i i put myself into whether it be um social whether it be political whether it be uh, environmental whether it be um just music or whether it be you know uh in the projects i put out you know i try i try to cover a lot of ground i mean i'm very hip-hop based person that's my roots but you know all the other different styles of music that i mess with and 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 all the environments that i've i put myself into absorb and to learn yeah um, and try and be the 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 prism of taking all this great knowledge and shooting it back out in in any way shape or form uh, i'd like to be i think remembered as that because you know some of the sets i've done that haven't had any rap music in them mm. per se are some of the best sets I put out for the time or for the moment that I've done, you know, things I've, I've done and, and, and trying to sort of show people the, uh, the connections and connecting the dots and the tapestry of what, what goes on into putting something out and the, the art that I put into that. I feel like I'd like to be remembered for, for the complexity of all that, as opposed to just the, the, the sort of the one flavor. Um, but, you know, we'll see, you know, who knows, who knows, maybe there's even some, Maybe I developed some whole new thing and then that's what people remember me as. Like, oh yeah, he cured cancer. Oh, great. <laughs> Knowing what I know about you now, Z, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's out of the question, dude. You're, you're well, deep. we'll see. I don't know. I, I got to get to work on that. There's, there's I guess so, yeah, that, that bush that you planted out in the backyard, that's actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The magic beans I found. I found it, guys. Like, got it, guys. Here we go. That's perfect. I grew up in a scarce mindset and I got out of that. And as soon as I got out of that, everything came to me. Right. So yeah. It's, like, it, it, it's, wild, it's wild where like same. Once I stopped worrying about my bottom line and I also got rid of a lot of people who were same. of that mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It became about what good can we do? All of a sudden I found myself getting paid for things that filled my cup that before necessarily wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten paid for it because I was doing all this work. I was spending all my time and energy trying to make the, the quota <clears throat> yep. and still, and trying to infuse my art into that, mind you, not like just taking the gig and being like, fuck it, but like trying to like give my message to this. And ultimately I would make my bottom line, but I would also feel like there were just moments where I was like, oh man, that gig really wasn't the gig that it didn't really represent me well, you know? Right. So Ultimately, when I said, well, I'm not going to take any more of those. I'm just going to do what I do. I started finding myself over time 
someone would be like, hey, we want to we want to pay you this amount of money, which is the equivalent of what I was getting over here. But we want you to do you. I was like, what? That's you're, it's obtainable. You know, you can you can do you and get paid for it. Um, and it's because I invested time into cultivating the thing that I wanted to be known for. I wanted to be paid for, you know, and it required me doing a lot of free stuff too. But, you know, if I wasn't keeping score, you know, then all of a sudden the universe was like, here, here's this thing. And you go, oh, shit, this, shit, this, this totally, this totally takes care of my, my expenses. I don't have to worry about it. And I'm doing the thing I, you know, I would have kind of done anyway. So yeah. like, Exactly. Great. And, and, and the universe finds a way to, to reward you for that. And, um, and I feel like there's a way to, to sort of do that. And, you know, I, and the last thing I want to say is the concept of the power of yes and the power of no, yeah. and knowing when to use one or the other versus just always being yes, because you want the work and you're, you know, whatever, or always saying no, because it doesn't check a certain box. Like there's a, a balance to that. And, you know, I've also found that, you know, sometimes the thing that I was like, I don't really know if, you know, it doesn't really work out for me to do this. So I'm going to say no. And then all of a sudden they've either upped the money and or upped the freedom in that for me to say yes, because I originally said no, it ended up becoming a better deal for me ultimately in the end where my negotiation wasn't, well, maybe would you do it for this and do it for this? It's like, I just said no and just was like, no, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. And finally it became the thing that I wanted because I just said, no, 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 that eventually it became the yes. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. understanding how to sort of, that balance. You know, and, and, you know, there's times where it's like, you don't, you know, you have to say, no, you don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to show your hand and be like, yo, I'd really do that. But like, I can't do it for that circumstance or that you know fee or whatever it is that's equated to whatever whatever the and every deal is different but you know there's a time to say no and 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 if it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be but also whatever that space you're saying no for if it ends up not happening something does come along and fills that space now it's a yes and it's a good thing and had you taken the other thing you wouldn't have gotten to that thing so there's a understanding how to sort of balance your time and understanding the power of saying yes to certain things or saying yes to the thing that has no money attached to it or no thing, but it's a great cause. And then all of a sudden you say yes to that. And in the process of doing that, another opportunity arises and, and, and you build, and that's, yeah. becomes, there's so many ways to look, to look at it. But I think instead of just being like this yeah. on every opportunity, step back and go, what am I really trying to say? And what am I really trying to broadcast? And if you, you know, understanding, how to say yes and how to say no and when to say yes and when to say no and really sticking to your ultimate goal and path mm -hmm. allows, I think, for people to, to get on a, a more well-balanced path and, and, and go further into the spot they want to be, you know? I got one last one for you. It's sure. on the blank because it's the most fun, okay? Sure. I want to go from blank to blank so that I can blank. Okay, that's interesting. I need a second to think on that. Please, yeah. I want to go from this to that so I can do that. Um, this is a little bit of a head fuck, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there because it's kind of the first thing that pops into my head. Um, 
and there's a little bit behind it. I want to go from famous to obscurity so I can become infamous. Holy fuck. Man. Okay. Background on that. Can you can you expand? Yeah. Where's that? Holy well, yeah, it, it's because it's what's been happening. I went from, you know, being famous, you know, residencies in Vegas, played Coachella, you know, four times, Lollapalooza two, three times. Um, so there's this le level of, of famousness that I have. But to keep a level of fame, you have to stay in the public eye, you have to keep putting things out. You have to keep being quote unquote relevant or up yeah. with the times. Yeah. And I found that for me, that wasn't the case. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna actually step back intentionally. I could have kept the thing going and kept the, kept the bar there and kept, you know, releasing stuff and kept my image out there and try to be like, you know, in every, at every show, in every, DJ top 10 list and everything like I could I could have done that but the upkeep of that wasn't genuine and so I found myself doing these things in order to maintain a sense of relevancy and that went against you know my fame came from doing something obscure and and hard to find in the first place yeah. and that's how I got famous is that people found me I didn't just bust on the scene. People oh, found no, no. me and brought me to that level of fame. Yeah. And I feel like in order to, in order to have an end goal of like being legacy, being, you know, remembered as a, an icon, you know, the Tupac or the Biggie or the Beethoven or whoever you want to say, mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. I want to be famous and then I want to get down to obscurity where you have to find me again. So when you do find me and you go down that rabbit hole, it's like, it's like somebody wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt who's, you know, 15, 16 and their peers are like, who's Led Zeppelin? Yeah. That's, That's it. Cool. You know, I want that. I don't, I, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be timeless forever. But in order to do that, you have to also, step back and let people find you, let people discover you, let people covet you and care about you and cultivate you as an artist, because that's really, you know, I'd rather have diehard, you know, fans like the Grateful Dead than I would to have, yeah, you know, fans like, uh, you know, whoever, you know, Katy Perry or whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then not to, not to pit one against the other, but like, I just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me to be famous, to be famous, to be infamous. It's like be famous, then to be obscure, to be rediscovered and then infamous forever. Dude, I love that. That's very similar to, I was listening to Matt McConaughey was coming, he came out with that new book, right? His new- Oh yeah, yeah, I, I saw a couple of little interviews he oh, did. Man. Yeah, he was he was on uh, Tim Ferriss and I caught him on, oh, I saw a bit on Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he was, he was with Joe Rogan and they go down a tunnel like that. Like just 
how he just stepped back out of the spotlight and waited for that was that power of no and yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got held. offered the, the thirteen million dollar or thirty one million dollar, whatever the hell it was, and he said no to it. And it was like, and that's then awesome. it got made. Yeah, right? that's but awesome. That's, I think, but that's 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 the point of what I've I've always in my practice. I found that it works for me, but it's hard for people to wrap their head around it because everybody is in. Here's a, here's one more analogy that I, that I, I use as well. And I call it the Mad Max um, oh, yeah. theory. Cool, cool. Um, and it's something that has worked for me and continues to work for me. And I try to spread it as much as I can because it's, it's something that I recognized in my, my own thing. So, you know, talk about being like, what would you like to be remembered for? It's this. And, and this mantra that hopefully everyone can carry into their work because it's, it's true to self. If you, if you look at, you know, take the camera and you're looking at a big long playa, right? And out of the left, you see one car and it's Mad Max and he's coming this way. And then all of a sudden you see 30 cars behind him and they're all going chasing Mad Max. And you're like, oh shit. All of a sudden, if one of the cars, while everyone was doing this, went this way, your eye would, couldn't help but go, what? Why is that car going that way? This is where all the energy is going. But this car is going that way. So your eye would be like, what the fuck is that all about? That's me. That's the epitome of my career. That's the epitome of what I'm doing. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. if you look at it and you really contextualize it, everyone's chasing the leader. But if all of a sudden one person goes this way and then somebody goes, oh, who? I'm going to follow that person. Now two or three people. Now the crowd turns. Now you're all of a sudden Mad Max and everyone's chasing you. And that's kind of what had happened to me in my career. I was like, I'm going to do this thing. It's completely different from everything. I was, I was chasing, chasing, I was in that crowd and I was like, you know what? This isn't going where I'm wanting to go. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm just going to do my own thing. And in doing my own thing, I had people started following me because of my voice. So you look at anybody who, you know, let's use public enemy as an example. Great. Yeah. Great example. Public, public Enemy, when they came out, there weren't like any real groups that were super pro, pro-black um, uh, uh, knowledge. You know, there were a couple, but like they really took it and put their foot in the ground. Yeah. It was like, this is it. Fear of a black planet. Like, whoa. So like hearing, learning about Farrakhan or learning about uh, Huey P. Newton or whatever through their lyrics as a white kid, I didn't know some of these, you yeah. know, people and or cultural um uh, things that were relevant to not only hip hop, but just in general and, and yeah. me enlightening. They went and did this thing. And I felt like at that time, all of a sudden you started seeing these other groups go, well, you know, we're going to come out and say something like an X clan or, uh, yeah. you know, this group positively black and all these other people who started. And it was great because it, it started this whole movement, whole movement. Of, yeah. of, of conscious lyrics and, and, and black power and, and, and giving people a voice. And so as a, as a listener, I was like, wow, these people started it. And then they had everybody doing their thing and, and they came out of nothing to get that. And so anytime any artist goes down a road and like tries to do a certain thing, a lot of people end up following them because if there's validity to it, then everybody sort of, you know, grafts onto that and it, it pushes the culture up. And I feel like that's, if, if there were more people being you know and i hate to use the term leaders versus followers but just if there just were more people who were doing their own thing and being independent and having their own sound or their own uh thing 
I think it would it would make people be a little bit more like, oh, interesting diversity, because to me, that's what it is. It doesn't have to be one car and a whole bunch of people and then one other car and everybody else. It could be imagine those cars, five people going in their own different ways. Now it's like, you know, it, it could it doesn't have to be a mob going after one thing. It could be, you know, I remember early when hip hop had, had sort of first made noise for itself. You had, um, you know. 10 different groups that were all different from each other. Fat boys were different than Houdini that were different from UTFO that was different from LL that was different from Run DMC. They all had their own sound. And to me, the diversity in that, Biz Markey, you know, had his thing. And, you know, somebody had, you know, Rakim had his thing and EPMD had their thing. And every sound was a little bit different, but all still lived with each other. Whereas I think, you know, once music um, labels and things got involved, and it became more of like, well, that's profitable or that's the sound or kids are really gravitating towards that. Everyone was like, okay, we're going to emulate that business model to make it, you know, because we see there's money there. And yeah, granted, I understand that, but the diversity that was in that group of, of music allowed me as a listener to really be a little more wide open to different styles and sounds. Oh, there's a, you know, the sound from the South. Oh, there's a West coast sound. There's an East coast sound. There's yeah. Different vibes, different things. And ultimately, you know, now if you listen to a lot of current hip hop that's coming out, kind of has a certain sound that doesn't really, I, I can't tell where these people are from or, or there's no real like. Very generic. It, well, it's just, it's just, it's just homogenous. It's yeah, not even yeah. generic. It's just homogenous in the yeah. fact that a lot of things are starting to sound like each other. And the, you know, the ability for us to step out of bounds musically um, is it's very ripe. I feel like, you know, for people to do certain things and, and step out of those, those boundaries musically. So I feel like that's kind of the thing is like the Mad Max syndrome. I feel like we're, we're ripe for people to do that. And if you do it correctly, you'll end up getting that attention because right now anything that's different or, or, um, you know obscure would be like oh that's i'm curious you know if you're a curious person yeah. you're looking for that i'm looking for like somebody to just rattle the cage a little bit and do something different and so i don't know that's i feel like my career has been based around that i've, I've taken it very much to heart to try and push boundaries with um not for the sake of pushing boundaries but for the sake of pushing the art form a little bit and trying to to broaden the dialogue a little bit um and, you know, not just have the same four tools, but like, here's a whole tool belt or a tool chest of all the things you can use. So have at it again, more knowledge, more diversity, more depth, more range, um, I think can only have people articulate better and inspire more people. Because if you've been hearing the same thing over and over and it doesn't inspire you, then what happens when something does come down the line in your field that's different, that does inspire you. I want more of that. And I, you know, maybe going back to sort of the thing of like, what do you want to be remembered for? I think it's about, you know, the thing, the things that I love is when, when DJs come up to me and they're like, Hey, I saw you play or, or, you know, you, I heard this mix you did and you did this thing with this rock song or this other thing that I would have never thought to do. And you made it work. That to me is, is what I want to be, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, and that inspired me to do this. So now I, now I've changed my whole perspective on things. Like to me, knowing that I'm, I'm a cog in this machine that's bigger than me, but knowing yeah. that I've helped, change people's perspective just like other people have done for me rick rubin changed my perspective on things you know what i mean they're you know as, oh, as an example so yeah. 
being able to be sort of something like that to other people, I think, you know, is, is crucial and not necessarily being remembered as the most famous or the most, um, you know, uh, awarded, but just being, you know, being a, a cog in the machine where like, Oh, that person really had a profound, um, influence on me to do something different. That's it. I could be happy with that. You know? Well, I gotta, I gotta kind of decompress all this, man. There's so much, so much gold in there. That's yeah. There's, there's, well, it's a lot of, you know, 30 years of, of being on the road and a lot of wisdom and a lot of like, again, falling and, and, and getting yeah, back yeah. up and, and learning, I think has allowed me to get to a point where I feel like I'm a, a very Zen moment in my career and very happy to be where I'm at. And, you know, I've had all this great success, but like the successes that I'm having right now are mean almost a little bit more to me because they're a little more genuine and my circle is a little closer yeah. and it's not about how many likes or how many, it's about content and, and interaction and it with, with, with fans and, that's success to me, you know? Well, I know it's an old track of yours, but the first time I heard you was Breakfast Club and I was in the middle of doing a chin-up and it came up on a Spotify playlist. I basically get to like halfway through and I just let go because I'm like killing myself laughing. I was just like, and I took it to my bud who was lifting uh, in the gym too. He's another trainer of mine in Melbourne. I was like, you have to listen to this song. He listens and then he told his friend, his friend so we had like the corner of the gym all listening to Z. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. That's, that's I was like, that. yeah, this guy is, this guy's gold. And that just, it was like my happy place song. Cause I'd never forgotten that. I was like, I was in the middle of doing something. So that was my total happy place. And for a lot of people jumping in a cold ice shower, that is not a happy place. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I'm yeah. just like, here's what I do, man. So take that off. I'm just like, I'm rapping along. I'm just doing that. I was like, Oh, it takes care of it. It's like three and a half minutes. I'm in the shower. I'm like, perfect. This is great. Built that resiliency up, get into my meditation, get into my water, get into my whole lifestyle. And it's just like, that sets me up every single day. Man. That's so, awesome. Man. I love that. Thank that's you. great. I love Thank hearing you very that. Much. Yeah. That's dope. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, I really, really value time. Thank you very much. I'll yeah, be sure yeah. to forward along and pay, pay some stuff forward for you for sure. Anytime. And I'm, I'm always open to, you know, having it in my inbox and when I can get to it, you know, processing and digesting, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not always in real time, but you know, it's always great to know that, Oh, Hey, I have a minute. Oh, Hey, there's that podcast I can go check out or whatever, you know? So Perfect. yeah. And if I come across anything, I'll, I'll, please. I'll share it as well. Please, please, please. I was just going to ask. That's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Perfect. Done. Done All right, done. my dude. Thank you so much for your time. Have well, a, good, dude. a wicked rest of the afternoon and uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Definitely. You as well. Thanks so much. Cheers, man. Holy. There you go. Guys, I hope you got something great out of that. I know I, I sure as hell did. Changed the way I thought after having that conversation. Like I said, I did need to have a good little decompression session just to kind of process that all. Um, big, huge thanks to Z-Trip. Thank you very much for your time, brother. Um, absolute gold in there. And it's cool just to hear um, no matter what level you're at, it, it, the process stays the same. You got to take care of yourself. You got to really try to work that balance in there and in an effort. Um, in the creative lifestyle, some of it does come down to productivity, right? And by some of it, I mean that's mostly your life, right? You are paid to create and bring that. So if you're tanking on your own uh, terms, you can expect your art to suffer as well. So really cool stuff there from Z-Trip. Again, thank you very much. Um, we've got some cool things happening here at Music Fit Collective. As you guys know, we're one week away from our Music Fit Method Intake Winter 2021, where you can learn how to prepare, recover, 
and optimize your performance, both on and off the stage. I do have a few seats left here. Um, so if you are an interested participant, please do reach out um, and uh, head to musicfitcollective.com where you can apply for the Music Fit Method Movement Coach. This is half personal development, half professional development. You're gonna be able to understand how your body handles things, how to optimize, but furthermore, you're gonna be able to take that knowledge and then apply it to the next generation of musicians so they can continue to live well and share their gift with the world, which is what we're all about, all right? So just to recap, put that shovel down, step away, you'll find a new way to dig and plant that tree. And when you plant that tree, you climb out to that branch, dude, that, what, a, what a great imagery, hey? Huh? And your fruit falls, the rest of the world is gonna be able to take from that. That's it for this week, guys. Till next time, you stay sweet. Peace.